Josh Williams, and welcome to another bonus episode of the One Man Podcast, presented by Absolute Comedy, official sponsors of these bonus interviews with comedians. And I'm here today with a very good friend of mine. Uh, he is a two-time finalist at Absolute Comedy's Summer Competition, and recently back from the Ice Cold Comedy Festival in Kingston. It is my roommate, Kamar Babar. Kamar, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, Josh, how's it going? Very good. <laughs> it's a very awkward look right now across <laughs> the table. Good, thank you. Good, man. Um, it's been a long time. Obviously, you guys who've been listening to the podcast since the beginning, Kamar, you're one of them as well. Um, you guys have heard a million stories about Kamar either busting my balls or out in the hallway, me yelling at him for <laughs> having late night underwear conversations with Jason, whatever it may be. But uh, but a good friend, a great comic. Uh, everyone knows that you were on the trip with me to see Verzi as well. That's huge. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to think of reference points for you and that, you know, as well as the fact you, that you're a comedian. Do you know the levels between your podcast and... Uh... Like quite the, quite a different interviews. one. Oh, I would. Oh, between mine. Oh, you know what's weird? I have friends that don't listen to the interviews, which I think is ridiculous because the interviews are the better ones, in my opinion. Wow, well, it's all good. It's all good. It's all content. But you, 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 do you know? Do I know? No, you don't. Know I can. All I can do is look at the numbers. I can just see some of the interviews have really high numbers. Some of the episodes have really high numbers. I think. I think though the interviews will work out that they'll be like timeless. That's what I like about them. They are timeless because the the episodes. It's are not like you're like, talking about current events. Right. So, so we'll, we'll see how high your episode goes, right? How many downloads <laughs> we can get? pretty high right now. <laughs> so, I mean, dude, there's so many things we can start because we shoot the shit all the time on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. um, so, obviously, I, I always start these interviews, same way every time, is I ask, what were you doing before you started stand-up comedy? Um, before I was doing stand-up comedy, because uh, I, knew, I knew I was going to do this. I was thinking about it. I was, uh, I think I was like uh, in uh, Algonquin College taking uh, public relations because I uh, thought I wanted to like do something academic because I've been working in service industry for so long. And uh, you've never been this quiet in your life, by the way. I don't know why you're well, talking no, no, like it, you're doing no, smooth it, jazz this radio. Is, this is, this is real. <laughs> I, I want to get it right. Uh, I don't want to <laughs> run all over the place. I'm like, why can't you talk like that when you guys are outside the hall when I'm recording the regular episodes? No, one, so no, one, no one can hear us i've heard them all like i screamed once i was like you could hear barely and it doesn't bother anyone but anyways no i was i was in uh gone college and i started a um clothing company oh that's a golf right clothing yeah. Company, yeah uh with some friends and so um i i didn't finish well no i i passed the public relations but i uh I didn't follow up on like the co-op or the placements or whatever, you know, get a job out of school. Right. And uh, started doing this uh, clothing company. I mean, still working as a waiter and stuff. And uh, yeah, th that's what I was doing before. Um, that sounds like comedy. Like, yeah. Like that sounds crazy though. Starting a clothing company. Like that's not. It is crazy because yeah. how it, you don't find out. I mean, I guess I convinced the guys that I started with that it, it could be, and they believed in it. And once you start doing it, you don't realize how much money you need. Oh, like, yeah. Like, because it it's not really mind. a clothing company because you're not making clothes. You're actually, it's a brand. Right. And, and that, that was a brand we we're trying to sell. But this was just before Twitter and everything was popping off. So it was, it was just before, like, we made sales. Right. We were one of, I was thinking about this, um, Shopify's first customers. Really? When, when they were in a condo in the market. Oh, wow. Like, like 
Yeah, they're guys huge, on laptop on couches, company, the biggest yeah. company in Ottawa. We were one of their first uh, customers. And, um, you know, we got it going and it, it was happening. But just learning how to manufacture products so they're cheap enough so you can sell them, like, or you got to go high end, like just finding all these things, sizing. Right. You know what I mean? It, 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 starting something like that, it was just such a big undertaking. And we made a go of it. But, um, and it's crazy competitive too. Well, it's just the brand thing. Like, I remember I was, uh, I knew a friend who was a friend of a guy who worked for Vice or was big in Vice. And um, I asked him, would he send him, you know, our, our lookbook, clothing samples, stuff of like that? And What's a lookbook? Sorry to interrupt. A lookbook is like a catalog. Okay. With just shirts, but they're not necessarily real. They could be drawings. It's like concepts and stuff like that. Exactly. Okay. But in hopes of a store or, or, ordering them, you know? Yeah. Like, just getting the word out, hype it up. And we sent a, a bunch of materials to this guy and he wrote back and was like super hypercritical as to why, like it's, because our angle was like a golf company. Right. That was just not like. Like golf apparel and stuff like that. But it was badass. You, you know what I mean? I like see. Like it was, it was rebel, triple bogey. Uh, triple bogey's bad. It was just, <clears throat> you know, we had our slogans and like, um, uh, I don't know, have to clean your balls lately. So stuff like that. Find your balls. And so the guy's like, uh, that's not going to fly in the golf world. No, he was more like, what are you producing? Like, what is your, your brand? Like, like, and is that really a big market in golfing of rebel golfers? Right. And it turns out it isn't right. You know what I mean? Like there was outliers and stuff that we sold to, but, uh, when we took it to the golf course, like we had, we had a shirt of, um, Phil Mickelson missed the putt to win the Masters. The Masters is like the, right, the creme right. de la creme of uh, professional golf. It's the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> I just like to refer to them as horses. It's the majors, but the Masters special because right, right. the same course, blah, 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 blah. And Phil Mickelson one year missed the putt, lost. And and there's a picture of him on his, his hands and he's holding his head. And we made the back of his head explode. Oh, really? And that was on the picture? Yeah. And we showed it. It's funny. We took it out to the military base. <laughs> to, like, we were trying to sell uplands. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't know if the guys are going to go for this. That's fucking Because it was too violent PTSD or whatever. But it, it was just, I think, ahead of our time because just tied off. We could talk about that for. It was just right before two social hours. Media. Well, no. Now there's a guy that has. I remember I got this tattoo when okay. we got invited to a fashion show. We got to take a picture of that for the Instagram so people can see it. Whatever. Yeah, we can do whatever you want, man. And, <laughs> um, and so we got invited to this fashion show in Toronto. I was like, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're big time. We're making it. Right. So I got this tattoo, and my, my buddies, my business partners, were just like, you're crazy. What are you doing? And I was like, we're in. We're all in. And we went down to Toronto, and it was all right. Like, it was, it was in a loft apartment. Yeah, like, I was thinking we were in downtown in a mall like it was a big <laughs> release but it was just a grassroots thing or whatever but there's other guys there and one of the guys there had a rival brand okay they were called quagmire mm. and they they folded as well but that guy started up a brewing company after we shut down called triple bogey no true story well got fuck that sucks well it was just we were just on the edge of do you copyright this like all this stuff and and is that beer still around now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a painful <laughs> reminder. I would never drink it. No, you're like, fuck that shit. 
So what ended up happening ultimately that that caused the shutdown? You guys are just uh, I got in, I got involved in coke, ah, drugs. Okay, and, uh, I, I, I in my head I thought I'd be like a, a Jay Z businessman, golf clothing company funded by cocaine or something, and uh, <laughs> and so that probably made me uh, fail on my end. But I we had done so much and stuff, and it just uh, if it's not making money, it's it's hard. Right to to keep that no, keep you're thing going right. and um, and once you start selling coke, you probably start just doing coke. Right, oh, is that you what just happened? get distracted stuff. I, I I think so now looking back. Like, <laughs> you're just like yeah, throw that in. Oh, once you start selling coke, you start doing coke. I'm like, oh, that's much bigger but, than just doing coke. But it's more like people don't tell you. Right, they just sort of let you do your thing. <laughs> sort of. Let, they stop talking to you. you you know they don't sit you down and go this is happening and you look up and everything's gone and you're just like oh shit right this is what happened yeah so that's that but who knows it, it just didn't sell well and that that's what happens if it doesn't sell it, it goes under i'm and, sorry i'm sorry uh, to hear it but it's still ambitious it's my one partners of my partners had like partners and kids and mm. you know what i mean so they invest i don't know five years into it and whatever and who knows? Who knows what could have been? So it's and fun. so, yeah. And so um, now I'm uh, the clothing company still sort of fizzling, still happening. But uh, really, triple bogey? No, no, not now. I'm, I'm trying oh, to at the time, I see. I what, see. I see. You said before I did stand up comedy, right? Right. So I think I skipped over a bunch, or no, I, I talked about everything to get to how we got to stand up. If you want to so ask the, more did questions, the company, yeah, I was just saying, did the company like go under? And you're like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I need to do stand up comedy. Like, no, not at all, not at all. So I, that's why uh, that's what I figure. Like, so the, I, I, it was in the, um, the last, the dying down of the, uh, the clothing company. And then, and you just like, did you see I was a still show? Still working as a waiter somewhere, or something. Yeah, and and I went to a show and I saw Nick Carter, <laughs> and. Uh, and Joe Vu, could it be Joe? Really? Vu? No, not Joe Vu. Joe Shang Fang, or there was the two of them. And I went and saw the show, and I was like, "These guys aren't that funny." You know what I mean? And I honestly was like, "I can do this." And I was like 34 at this time. I probably started the clothing company at 28. Wow. And so, well, how many years have you been at, in stand up at this point? This is eight years. Eight years in stand up. I'm 42 now. Yeah, you don't look it. I, I'm afraid I'm going to wake up. And just look for just boom, 43. Or whatever, or 422, like whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, that's not a bad thing. You wake up 422 and you're basically a vampire at that point. You've been living for centuries. But just, I, I, I people always tell me um, I look young. But, but You'll get to see iPhone 300, basically, if you live that long. <laughs> young people are just beautiful and gorgeous. Yeah. Like, if you put not them them. young people, then they're like, oh, you do look old. But well, don't you don't know, look I, I don't young. Know, I don't have the ring. Well, come on. Don't be mean. Don't be <laughs> you mean. sound I, old as I fuck. Look really young. I look really young. <laughs> There's a. So you saw the shows. You decided, okay, I'm going to do stand up comedy. What was your first time like? First time. Where did you do it? First too? time was amazing. It was a Yuck Yucks. I signed up with, uh, I think it was Oliver Gross. Oh, he was the one you signed it up with? It was Oliver Gross. Well, he was running things down there or whatever. And uh, I went and saw that show and asked him what happened. And he, I think, I think it's still email, email in there. And uh, I emailed in, got got a spot. I get a, a month later, whatever. Invited everyone I possibly knew, and uh, did a set. How'd it go? Amazing! I, I the place was packed. Like I, um, 
<laughs> it was the greatest night ever. You know what I mean? Um, uh, no, it wasn't Matt Carter. Nick Carter was the guy I saw. Matt Carter was the MC. The first time? The first time I ever did it. Nice. Baron von Munchausen. Do you remember uh, any of your your jokes from your first set? Yeah, they're the same jokes. I, do now. <laughs> I, I think the soap joke for sure. Like, oh, really? I got enough jokes. <laughs> no, I, I can remember. Um, I think I stole a joke, and uh, and the rest, uh, I probably stole it all. I, I you, you know, when you start, you're like just writing stuff, and you think you you think of something, and then you see it, like, oh, I, that's why I heard that. Oh, okay, and. Um, there's jokes about uh, gay Olympics and stuff like that. Oh, yeah? I want to bring that back, actually. Well, it's time. But the gay Olympics? Yeah. It's you time. should talk to Dave first. Dave's- no, no. I've told it before. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and it, it would have worked well in Russia when they're like, it was the anti-gay. Right. So the idea was we should have a pro-gay Olympics, like to protest them, you know what I mean? <laughs> but just with gay sports, like UFC fighting, <laughs> figure skating, speed walking. <laughs> <laughs> the speed you know, And what's the one where the, the four guys ride the big dildo down to the tube? Four man bobsled? <laughs> four man bobsled. They ride and the, the big And the double luge. <laughs> where they're fighting to be who's on top. <laughs> and we'll call it the Olympics. Oh, and you lisp it. You know, the Olympics. And that's the joke. That's funny. But I can bring it back too because it's uh, Olympics are coming, coming up. Right? That's what this is a podcast is all about. Well, bringing back memories. So, like, you started doing stand-up. Obviously, you're doing the open mics and stuff like that. How long was it before you started getting, you know, like, paid work and stuff like that? Years. Yeah? Well, no, I did it for three years here and got nothing. And then moved to Toronto to try to be a star. Because I think I had, like, three or four great sets at Absolute. And I thought, like, oh, my God. Like, why? what the world is waiting for me. And then you get to Toronto and, like, everyone's, like, way funnier and... The level's just so much crazier. Yeah. That you realize you're not funny at all. And five minutes is like great to be confident with, but right. completely nothing. You you actually have nothing to offer Hollywood or or anybody. <laughs> you know, when you get to Toronto you start to see like real hustlers. Funniest guys you've ever seen, and they're like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> just getting by on the Canadian comedy industry. Right. Yeah, well, it's tough. Everybody so that, wants so to that Toronto. Super opened my eyes to like how ba- I wasn't good or something. So, so you moved back to Ottawa. And, well, and and sorry, and in Toronto, that would be my first pay gig. My first pay gig was like I think Big Norm might have been yeah. Big Norm. He had a show in a basement where they're cracking beers and uh, selling weed, and it was it was awesome. It was a hype. Show and he tossed me twenty dollars. That was crazy. And then I did a show with Mike Rita. He gives you like ten bucks at the the vapor. Central. But it still feels good, like when someone's paying you to tell jokes. That's it, it's unbelievable, and it just it was impossible to happen in Ottawa. I got time with the open mics or friend shows are my level. There there was nothing, but in Toronto, so big that once you get to know people, there's stuff like, and we're not talking about making really money, but you know. But just getting this paid, someone's offering you something more, more than jokes. a drink ticket. A, me- a yeah. meal, a meal, or something else. <laughs> That's probably uh, maybe even Ken Strang- Strangway. Right, Ken Strangway's got some good, uh, some good shows. He had some good shows. Because yeah. that's the thing, a lot of people don't like. A lot of people see comedians on stage and assume, like, oh, these guys just go up 
<laughs> they just show up with a list of jokes and people are like, sure, I'll buy that. And you just do comedy clubs every week of the year. They don't realize like the, the sometimes do. it takes years. They do. Yeah, they do. That's exactly at some point. Exactly what they do. But it's not how it starts. That's what we're trying to get to, or 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 ends. Right. (laughs) That's just where it ends. It it doesn't have to end like that. There's no guaranteed uh, outcome. Right. But I'm saying some people think that you just walk in the door to that, and it's it's such a road beforehand. Some some people the road is longer than others, and some people do. Yeah. Like like Eliza Schlesinger was doing comedy for three years. Yeah, and then she's. When she won America's yeah. Last Standing. Three wasn't it, years. Wasn't it? Uh, last, yeah, Last Comic Standing, you said. Yeah, yeah. But she, she's hilarious. Like, she puts the work in. Well, whatever. <laughs> For a girl. No. no. <laughs> Me too. No, I fuck. That's fucking horrible. I just. Uh, I'm just saying three years and she's a headliner. Right. Versus uh, certain people have been doing it 20 years. And they're, they're still an opener. Or yeah. open micer. Wherever in the in the universe, and that's the thing is some people and and the idea is to keep to keep grinding. If you really want it, you got to keep grinding. Obviously, now for yourself, you were, you know, uh, years in, like you said, and you were, were one of the finalists of Absolute Comedy. So you came back. That was Toronto. after Toronto, and, yeah, and thanks to Toronto, yeah. And what? So for was sure. there something that happened in Toronto where you're like, okay, enough's enough, or were you just did you run out of money like some of the other guys? I've always wanted to tell this story. Um, <laughs> So I moved out of Toronto and I figured I had to do something. Right. Other than just chase, chase open mics, you know what I mean? Right. So I signed up at Second City for a stand-up course and uh improv course. And I took both courses. When you sign up from Ottawa with a credit card, you think it's like school, you know what I mean? Right. But it's literally like once a week in this room, adults show up and... Fuck around. Fuck that? around. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the, the, the stand-up class is pretty good. Like It was Jim McAleese. And uh, you don't like him? <laughs> no, I just... I just. <laughs> Anyways, he's a cool guy. I was definitely overqualified for the comedy class. It was definitely like intro to comedy. Um, so I did well at it. <laughs> <laughs> intro to comedy, so I did well at it. Better than others. And, um, and the, the improv was fun too, whatever. And the culmination of the show is uh a set at absolute comedy oh so the whole club the whole and, co- class and, and sums jason up. jason fucking is a dickhead right now to me like what right know? now or no, what, I, at no, the time i've been doing it for three years he doesn't even know my name like, <laughs> <laughs> and so so i got on <laughs> three years so, <laughs> he lives in the house doesn't know no 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 <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Here. That's what I took from it. It was fucking here. hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah, right now, Jason's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I lived here for three years. He doesn't know my name. <laughs> Which is not beyond Jason's capabilities <laughs> to have someone in his face every day and not know their name. What the fuck is that guy's name? You fucking cack. I didn't fucking know the fuck he's. Better that way, he can't collect rent. <laughs> <laughs> Who owes me rent? Who's Say that? his name. Who's that guy? We've seen him. No, no. But it was, anyways, it wasn't like a, um, I couldn't reach so this would be my first time on an absolute stage toronto right i'd gone on the the wednesday or whatever the mondays at the at the ottawa but he wasn't sending me down there so i it was just exciting first time first time on stage and he happened to be there jason in the club holy shit putting up uh, a coat rack <laughs> in the green room <laughs> with the drill and I walk in like Jason, how's it going? He's like, what the what the fuck are you eating here? Fuck <laughs> and I'm like, 
I took the comedy class. This is a, this is our award show. He goes, what the fuck are you doing that for? <laughs> he should have just stayed in Ottawa. <laughs> you were getting close. And it brought me to tears. I cried. For much, real? Much like uh, our Christmas party. Oh, that was great. I was like, I thought. I, did, I thought you were fucking with us. I thought uh, he'd be like, wow, you're hustle. Like, I was like, oh, fuck, you're an idiot. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jason will will give zero praise. Not like, oh, you're taking this seriously or anything. He was a fucking cocksucker. <laughs> and I've told him this. I've told He's like, yeah, he no apology, doesn't give a fuck. He goes, whatever, fuck, you sucked anyways. <laughs> You're getting close. It doesn't mean, hey, getting close. It's not like I'm saying something like, this happened. Like, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. But it's I did funny. that show. He's, he's within earshot of all of this too, which is great. <laughs> I did that show and did lots of shows in Toronto, met lots of cool people, and it's just got perspective. So what, what made you come home? Oh, I, I couldn't land a good job. Like, I was working in an HVAC manufacturing company, like, way up Jane. Way up Jane. I had to be up at 5.30, catch a bus for an hour to work with a bunch of, like, Cambodians. And people didn't speak English, for real. Yeah. Like, like it was through an agency that, you know what I mean? They paid you $14 an hour, and you probably got 18 but they took four because it just it found the job oh, for you. right, right. And just, like, it was just a crazy, horrible job. Like hard, so like enough, enough hard. Enough, I'm moving and, back home. Well, no, I got fired from that. Like, <laughs> they, <laughs> no, I got fired. <laughs> they moved me around department to department. And I was like, this is this sucks. You guys are horrible. Like this is whatever. And so they said you're fired. Just they yell at you and you're like hammering and stuff <laughs> and learning. You know, you're learning how to do it. It's not like you've been doing it for years and yeah, whatever. They're yelling at you while but, you're hammering. No, but that agency called me up again and were like, we have another job for you. Like. Right. That's what they let you go. I and I knew. Oh, I said, okay, you didn't get fired. You just and didn't I knew, get renewed. I knew it was that kind of thing because I went to the canteen guy one day. I was like, "Oh, can you front me till uh, to next paycheck?" He's like, "No," but he was fronting other people. Oh, so he, he knew, knew the, you're not getting another well, paycheck. He didn't know that, but he knew that guys would come out all the time and start working here. And even though he's seen me for two weeks already, that he might not see me in two days. Oh, I see. I see. I thought he was just he got the DL on. Uh, Hey, he's not going to be here. Cut off his tab. And I, I, I lost, I lost that job, and uh, and decided I wanted to uh, to come back to Ottawa just because it was just so big. Yeah, and no like uh, support. I, I mean, I, I definitely regret not just sticking it out. Really, we'll see where we are now. I mean, who knows? That didn't happen. But I look back, like actually, it was going good. Like it's, it's just the the, I was. Sparing change for hot dogs and like, like yeah, I was very struggling, struggling. Like, spend your money on the pass, yeah, and then like win uh open mic up on uh, St. Clair. Funny seconds, $20, and just happen to win that. And that, like, be a good thing, like, have, have some money and stuff, yeah. So, my standard of living was getting so low, it was becoming difficult psychologically to justify these open mics and chasing this thing right and just running myself into the ground because i'm i'm 37 right when this is happening you, you know what i mean i'm yeah what are you 35 
on Friday. Yeah, so two oh, year- the day this comes out, by the way. So you guys are listening. Yes, I'm 35 now. <laughs> two years. Two year, oh, sorry. Sorry to mean to time stamp it. But anyway. No, no, no. That's fine. I have no issue with it. Two Just- years from now, do you want to be crashing on couches? Like, could you imagine? It's, I mean, it's not ideal. No. <laughs> like, nobody's like, that's what I want. Can you it's imagine? It's certainly not a know? goal I'm setting. I think if that I had to because that's if what, I had that's to, yes. I found out what I had to do. Yeah, if hard. I have to, you, well, you know me, I'll have a ton of creature comforts around me on that couch. <laughs> so, but I, uh, I mean, I still, I do respect it because there's some people who aren't even willing to try. So the idea is like, obviously failure is the best teacher, right? You learn, you learn from failure. You don't learn from success. So when you fail, you learn what you oh, don't no, want. It and, opened my eyes and it's the same thing as anything is when you're on a show and you can just hang with people. And yeah. not even like hang, like you're funny too. Mm-hmm. Like whatever. Even if you don't get along with each other, like you can be on a show with someone you don't like and they could be great and you could be great and everything's great. Yeah. And you probably should like them. But in Ottawa, it's such a bubble. You don't really know if you're funny yeah. at all or like, and just trying to show, show, show and like horrible shows but still doing well or great shows are doing well and bombing. You know what I mean? Like it's just. And in Toronto, you can hit several open mics in an evening, right? Once, once you once you're set up, and especially if you happen to run your own mic for sure. Okay, for sure you can run around town. Like did it, you did you run one while you were there? No, I'm trying to think. I I hosted one, um, like on Dundas, I think it was like mm-hmm. just a, a bar that was just one room with windows, and that was a really cool one, and uh, it'd be more like. You go to the guy and say, I'll, "I'll get people here, and we'll have a show." Right, We're pretty of course, bare bones, but working that shitty job just to survive to be there. I got a job as a bouncer at a, at a nightclub, and um, it just wasn't like I think he. I guess you, if you're younger, you can do it from a couch, but just have some sort of roots to right commit because you you, you want to be able to do this open mic. You don't want to start something that you might fucking bail on. Right. Yeah. And you can't, you can't run it if you're at work all day, throwing a hammer, getting yelled at by Cambodians. That's, that's the biggest lesson from Toronto is that it had nothing to do with being funny either. Yeah. So it's a grind. All the hustle, yeah. all the emails, all the going to the rooms and not getting a spot and just saying, Hey, what's up? You want to do this? Yeah. Like, yeah okay. Maybe. And well, cause there is a very, like, I know it's happened for myself. The, uh, you know, the fact that I have very strong affiliations with absolute comedy and not yuck yucks in Ottawa. There's half of the club scene with people who've only done one club who have no idea who I am, who would, you know, not book me for their shows or whatever. Um, that, yeah, that, that don't brutal. know, but that's something like, since you come back, you, you come back to Ottawa and, uh, it wasn't long afterwards that absolute started the prove your comic competition. I came back to Ottawa. and was really depressed. Yeah. I but, moved in with Dan Shields. Oh, really? And lived in his basement. Yeah. But you, you got like, I, I, that, that's when I was selling bell. Oh, really? I was, I was barely doing spots. I was like, but you, something changed because when you came back, it was, I don't remember if it was the first year. I don't think it was the first year, but the the second year of the competition, you were a finalist and yeah. it was like, it was yeah. in, to me, no contest. Cause I, I don't know if you remember and you and I weren't close then like we are now is I came up to you and I told you that you were my pick for for winning the competition. And that's nothing against any of the other competitors. Milestone for me in my career. Well, my words means nothing. I'm just saying (laughs) that I, I recognize the talent long before, you know, 
before Jason, you've which got is the eye. You've got the eye, man. Look <laughs> That's at me. not what I'm saying. To the moon. No, Whatever. I, I'm just saying, dude. Absolutely. I saw, I saw a huge difference when you came Toronto, back. Is the Toronto, 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 yeah. Toronto, 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 Toronto. Now, do you attribute that because it's Toronto, or just because there's a lot more stage time there? Do you attribute it to the getting on and and hustling more, or are you like, no, it's specifically those rooms? No, but and, just, just just seeing like Ron Jossel at an open mic with five people, right? Who tours the world? Yeah, who's, who's been on TV? Like, so you see guys grinding, basically doing K- that, killers grinding. Not above it. It's successful, successful. Like guys, you want to be not above it, right? So you you can't be above it, and um, especially performing over and over again in these same rooms in front of people. Like you, 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 ha- you can't just do your bit, right? I remember where I did an open mic and. Uh, I did one, and then we went to the next one, and the same guy was there, and I started doing it, and he was just looking at the stink eye, and I was like, what, what's the problem? He was like, you're just doing bits. <laughs> and he was like bummed at me. And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I, I came here to do. <laughs> but there, they, you know, whatever scene or level you're at, there, it was way, supposed to be way more organic and just talk about what's going on in your day. and Definitely a place you want to get to, but I think you can only articulate that and make it funny when you have tools. Right, that are built. I, I, I personally, I think it's a, you have a foundation of jokes that you can just sit on, and then you stand on that, and get funnier. Right, and then build a, whether it be crowd work or more into yourself stuff or, or observe what. Well, like, yeah, finding your voice. But really, at the building end of the day. these things that like, if this doesn't work, you're not nowhere. You you still have your jokes. Like right, right. That's it. You, you know the pain when you've told a joke. So many times. Right. And I think that's why um, comedians might be, be able to be actors. Like learning how to sell the same. Because a joke, you, you have to tell a hundred times. Like, right. It's like singing a song. Yeah, you, you, could, you could stop paying attention to it. And you know what the words are. And then you just come back. Oh, fuck. What have I been singing? But if, if you've told it enough times, you're just so sick of telling it. Like, Right. Well, that's why you ma- get it. But you make it seem like you're happy to tell the joke. Like that's acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even. Absolutely. Acting like you're, you're, it's the first time you told it. And that's the skill. So uh, I think we're going to take a second and uh, and plug, of course, the sponsor. I'm going to play a uh, little absolute comedy ad here. Nowhere without you, Jason. <laughs> then we're going <laughs> to. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about the competitions and, of course, all the uh, the big successes you've had since uh, since returning to. Uh, are you from Ottawa? Is Ottawa I was, home? I was born in the Yukon, but I'm from Ottawa, yeah. Okay. When did you move from the Yukon here? Uh, I moved from the Yukon when I was like two to Kingston, and then I moved here when I was like three or four. Yeah? Okay. So... But like me, I moved here when I was one or two. But for yeah. the most part, Ottawa's all Oh, well, now. yeah. I, I mean, I went to Elmdale. I, oh, lived, yeah? on, I lived on Kenilworth. Like, I lived in, yeah, this, just in this, this area. This neighborhood. Yeah. And, and when I was eight years old, I'd walk six, seven blocks. So for all of our international uh, listeners, <laughs> those areas are No, a fully molestable age, though. But I just walk into school. <laughs> Eight years old. Fully molestable no. age. Because you got to categorize watch it, right? How, Be like, watch, uh, f- watch how people treat eight-year-olds now. They're they're still like babies. Oh, yeah. But of course, the whole fucking world's going that way. No and, one's surprised. Uh, you know, I went to, I remember in like grade school, kids huffing glue. Right. Like, it was just a, the, the world they was were doing. Looser. They were doing the, the R&D. They were doing the R&D for the, for the future generations. Fuck the planes. All right. We're going to play Absolute Zabby back in a sec. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. 
These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. Um, <laughs> I like that we have to just sit here silently. Oh, there you go. Thanks for saving that. You that's huge. Save it for Can I ask end. you a personal question? Sure. Could you edit this and throw that in? Yeah, but I don't want to. To find the perfect stop. Because I have to listen to it. I can I can throw it in the editor. For well, you just put it on the timestamp and you just go, okay, now a message from our sponsors. Yeah, but it's just And then we work. continue talking because we had this momentum going, really going. It's still here. Okay, no. Right. We just I, sat here and I stared at each oh, other. Sorry. The look of love. I went too far. <laughs> um, so, yeah, dude. Like I said, that first uh, that first competition that you were in, you went right to the end. Oh, I was I was a, I was changed, man. I was changed, man. Not a, but I'm just saying, what did you like? What did you take away from that? Because obviously, coming in, I think you were what second place in that, right? I think it helps. No, 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 no. In the finals, yeah. No, no, no. I think that was who was it that year? It was probably Kyle Brownrigg. No, it wasn't no. Kyle, Kyle was dead last that one, and that I was think, and that was something too. So I'll have Kyle on now. sometime, but. But Kyle's a good friend of mine, and he came in dead last on that competition. And and it's funny because there is there's somebody almost every year that just squeaked in, and they end up, you know, there's there's like one, two, three, four are always so close together, and then five is distant, distant, distant. No, I lost to Kyle. The year I got to the first time I got to the finals, I lost to Kyle. For but sure. he won the competition, and, and he won the competition. And Steve Love was in that competition, and you beat him. Me. No. No, I did not. Oh, he beat you. He's beat me always. He always beats me. <laughs> <laughs> just so you're just staring at no, like, I, I came in last of that one. Because you were second place last time. You've been in the competition twice, correct? Yeah, I came in last you, the first time. Right, but I'm saying that you were a very close second the last time. This time that just happened. Right. Yeah, my last time ever doing it. You're not going to do it again? Is that what you mean? You said my last time do ever. I, do I? I don't think no, I, don't, I don't think you need to. I don't think I should do it again. But the rule is that anybody who is full, uh, what is it, full host or middle, and I don't think you full hosted or middled yet. So if that's you want to go in about, and get the, get the prize money, that's about to happen in April. Well, there you go. Full host. Well, we're going to plug that at the end of the show for sure. And, uh, but what did you learn from these competitions? Like, was there anything? Because that's that's a big show, man. You you basically came in second place out of thirty six comics. That's not a an easy feat. Well, it is when some of the comics suck, but um, well, you can take that accolade it, away. It from doesn't yourself. even matter. It, no, it, it doesn't matter because in those beginning rounds, you uh, you can lose uh, if someone brings a bunch of people. Still, um, with the vote and stuff, and 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 everyone's funny, like and people like get nerves or whatever. I I don't think I learned anything. I learned that it's like um, just frustrating to be trying to have fun doing comedy. And competing as people, and just the feelings, right? If some beats you, you lose. Like you feel bad. You it's comparison. That's the hard part. Set like it, it should be all good, good. Yeah, and that just that 
going through that ringer and doing it by yucks and absolute at the same time. It's competitions suck. I don't like them either because it's it's hard. It's like like we're all funny, so why do we have to like obviously competing? But you got to compare as well. So it's kind of no, like but competitions are just exploitation. It's just American Idol. It's just yeah. It's free talent the whole time. Right, and one of them gets paid at the and end, maybe and all the, of them the, work. The host and whoever gets some cash, but it fills up a bunch of nights, and then the more newbies you have, the more people you're gonna have bringing them themselves. So, have well, them, have the, the 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 vote, and it's a perfect. And I think in Jason's interview, we may have described how it works, but the uh, absolute competition, the way it works, is that uh, there's there's four weeks, and every week starts on the Monday. All right. Uh, on Monday, there's nine competitors and they bring in judges. The judges narrow that nine down to five. Those five move on to the following night, Tuesday and Wednesday, where they both, uh, they, they do, what is it? Seven minutes of material and every single person in the audience gets a voting card and, and ranks the comics one through five. And the person with the most, you know, the highest average over those two nights moves on to the finals. The finals so four weeks, four finalists, and the second, I think the second highest average out of all four weeks uh, ends up being the wild card um, or someone who just showed an incredible amount of talent or whatever, and, and Jason decides to pick them for that. So those five people perform for nine shows. I think they perform Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, and Sunday. So they perform all those nights, and uh, and they basically, the audience votes every single show. And then, of course, the person with the highest average for the entire week wins. And Lowest. Well, whatever the the best score, the the person who scored the highest in terms of the best to play psychologically. Well, and but here's the thing: is is as much as like yes, some of the people suck. The idea is that for over the course of an entire week, you average the second highest score out of everybody there. And I know that you didn't bring a bunch of people and things like that. So the idea is, you know, you I killed it. I killed it, dude. You did a great job. Hey, look, you can take that away from yourself. And here's here's what I tell everybody that I talk to. And who am I? I'm nobody. But this is just something that it's still worth it, is that in this business, and you know as well as I do, there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people throughout the time who are going to try to make your accomplishments and everything worth nothing. They're going to come up with excuses why what you got is not worth anything. And so I just tell you, everybody, don't do it to yourself. If everyone else is going to do it to you, don't do it to yourself. You got it and nobody else did. And if it was worth nothing, then everyone would have it. So you don't like, I mean, they're going to shit on you. Don't shit on yourself. Enjoy what you accomplished and what you earned. Yeah. I, I look at it like skateboarding. I used to skateboard when I was a kid and I wasn't a good skateboarder, but I could do a bunch of stuff that 95% of the world will never, I kick flip or Ollie, whatever, yeah. drop in a ramp. We'll never be able to do. Yeah. And skateboarding's and, fucking and stupid. You, you, so you can do that. Skateboarding's stupid, but you can't, you <laughs> can't take that away from me. No, you can't take that <laughs> and, away um, from me. Anything you do and call me, yeah, you can think if if your mind's got to go there. Like, so you do it. Yeah. Well, well, I think uh, I can't remember what it was. Uh, Adrian Cronk won something, you know, years ago. I think he won the Prove Your Comic, whatever. And he's like, yeah, it's nothing. And I go, hey, man, it's not nothing. If it was nothing, everyone would have got it. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's nothing because <laughs> he's good. He's doing well. He's good. Yeah, but but I'm he's saying hilarious, that like, so that he's gonna take right. he's gonna take a credit away from himself. I'm like, why? Enjoy it. You earned it. I saw him when he won, and he fifth pumped. He yeah. wanted he wanted to act like it didn't matter, but it matters. It matters every every every, every single set should matter. Right. It's well, that's matter. the thing. And there's so he, some of the best comics he, treat every show and, like. And it's, how what, old was he? Like twenty one. I don't know. He was young. All I know is I put him on stage for his very first time. So there you go. That words means absolutely nothing <laughs> there you to me. Go. Nothing. You can, you can open for him one day. Yeah, I'd be lucky. Um, 
Well, that's, but that's the thing too, right? As people grind, I've talked in this podcast about how over the last few years I went from hustling and writing and being in there and, and, and being, you know, every single show I could get on and trying new stuff to completely throwing it aside for, you know, the, the relationship. Like, yeah, like, no. like things like it comes and goes. And now I'm like, that, that's something that I admired about you as much as, you know, I'd be working and stuff and go, you know, I can't, I can't do that and I don't get it. But the idea is that you would, regardless of whether you were on the show or not, you're like, I'm going to spend my evenings being around comedy because like myself, um, not like myself, but myself, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? There's so many people who I forgot around cause I'm not around anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like that in comedy. Like you said, you have to be around people, be around their shows just to make an appearance and remind them that you exist, you know, because it's very easy to get forgotten. And there's always new people chomping at the bit that, that want your spot that are going to be there well, yeah. for your spot. There's a, there's a total scene in Ottawa now. Yeah. Like I went down to Swizzles two weeks ago and there's tons of comics there. And like, there's a scene, there's a total scene that like nothing in the Wellington room and stuff. Like there's a total scene here and stuff. So, um, everyone's chopping the bit. I think um, you, the one who told me, I didn't have to hang out at comic clubs anywhere. I, I don't know. That, that was just something to do. I was telling you, you didn't have to it. work at Absolute anymore because you got a job as a doorman when you came back. And I remember that. And that was good. It keeps you close to comedy. That's I recommended to. That's everything, too. Working, yeah. Working as a doorman. That's, well, that's I recommend to every comic that comes 80%. to see. They're like, how do I get, how do I get Jason to know who I am? And I go, work for him. Then he'll come scream at you every day for, for a year, and then he'll know who you but are. I don't think they realize that there's an opportunity to work, like, say, I can only work this day. But you'll always it. work that day or whatever. They'll probably take you. Like, it's weird how they need people. Probably have to train for a couple of days. But, yeah, that that is done more for me than writing jokes or anything else. Yeah. Working as a doorman. It's, well, there's two owners in the city. <laughs> if they know who you are, it's a gigantic move forward. But just in initially uh, making relationships with all the headliners and Hosts and headliners and hosts and all the guys that come through like that was just a and a good excuse to be there because otherwise to hang out there and not you know say you break even if you work there for you know forty bucks or whatever whatever Jason pays a doorman but drink it afterwards sitting with and just breaking even and walking it's all right but yeah it's not sustainable but that that's done more for me in comedy than anything yeah by far just being around. Well, and that's, well, that's the thing is it's, that's the, uh, the secret or whatever is, you know, some people, I remember listening to a, a podcast a long time ago that had, uh, Greg, Greg Barrett, I think it was, who was on it. Uh, Bernhardt, no. Greg Bernhardt, women are, the, he's just not into you. Yeah, correct. But it's Barrett. If you hear him say uh, his name, it's Greg, Greg Barrett. Uh, you can pronounce it however you want. <laughs> Greg, Greg Bernhardt. Sure. Yeah. Well, you can say it. I'll say it the way he does. <laughs> It's his name. Maybe that's the way he hears let's, it. Let's, let's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the way he um, I don't want to smirch him, but maybe no. he doesn't know his name. Yeah. He was saying how in The Secret, you know, some people say they, they see that and they go, oh, it's just saying if you believe something's going to happen, then it will. And that's bullshit. You know, it's like, well, he's not, he says it's not suggesting that that you just think it's going to happen. But what he's saying is that the, the thing with The Secret is, um, for example, he goes, if you want to, if you want to own a boat. You don't just go, oh, I'm going to own a boat, and then you own a boat. He goes, you start reading about boats. Maybe you start hanging out at the you know, the local boat club or whatever it is, the the, the marina, whatever, sort of maybe meet somebody who's got one, start hanging out with, with guys who are into it. You start learning about it. He goes, yeah, if you are interested and you immerse yourself in something that you want, then yeah. He goes, probably someday, yeah, someone's selling one, you get a good deal. Yeah, probably someday you're going to own a boat. 
And he goes, that's, that's what it is, is that if you want something, immerse yourself in it. And that was what I did by getting a job at the club. That's what you did by getting a job at the club and being around open mics and, and going out every night and, and being part of it is if you want that, then immerse yourself in it. And then, yeah, who knows? Oh, look, sooner rather than later, I'm, I'm going to get fucking work and I'm going to be on competitions. I'm going to get funnier. I'm going to be around other people who are doing it. Like it blows my mind how many comedians, um, and this is something that, that, that Jason has said as well. And I'm sure Howard, you know, I've heard, I know Howard has said it too. Um, of course, Jason, owner of absolute Howard, uh, owner of yuck yucks. Um, they, uh, they said like the guys who, who leave after their set, they do a quick set and they go, Oh, I gotta go to this another open mic that they could stay and watch the headliner, watch a professional work and then stick around and ask the professional questions and listen to what they have to say and learn from someone who's had all the experiences that they'll just get up and leave afterwards. And, and both you and I had the experience of working for Jay sitting, asking these guys questions and then, you know, hearing what the answer is learning from them. Only if I'm, only if I'm getting paid to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you go to open mics no, no. now and, and, that exact scenario that if I could hit another spot, not that could happen automatically, you could do a spot at absolute likely and go somewhere else and do another spot. But I would do that now for sure. I mean, once you see well, it's different guys, now though, but I'm saying when you're new and you have the opportunity to go hang out with the same oh, five yeah, people you must, you must, and perform must, for three people, you must, you must, you must, you're saying leave and do the other mic. No, you must, you must hang out. Yeah. You just you gotta see what it is. I remember when I was when I was early in, in stand up. There used to be, uh, you know, I, I we'd hung out there a few times, uh, but there used to be, uh, you know, a bar all the comics would go to afterwards, and everyone would sit there and like complain that what everyone else was getting, and they would sit there and they would talk about what it takes to be a headliner. You got to do this, you got to do that, and I just remember early on, I was sitting there thinking like, none of you are headliners. Like you don't, you don't. I don't think it's a smart thing to sit here and say what it takes because if you knew what it takes, you'd be that, right? I'm like, I'd rather be sitting at absolute with the headliners, the people who have the job that I want telling me what it takes to get to where they and are. They're, uh, they're putting more energy into being resentful than being funny. Right. They're trying to get better. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go immerse myself around the people that are going to be helping my career and telling me what it actually takes as opposed to the guys who are like, I've been doing it for a year. Let me tell you what it takes to, to be a headliner. You got to be this, you got to be that. And it's like, okay. But, but even though that, that can like, I mean, if you're in your twenties, for sure, that's what you should be doing. You should just be balls deep in it. Like, yeah. And whatever, but you can attest that it's nice to reconnect with friends who have nothing to do with comedy. Right. Because you, you started maybe later. Versus if you if you start at a time when you don't have a lot of friends and all your friends become comedy friends, which I see a lot often that happens, you know, Absolutely. really strong relationships and that's that's great. But I have it's almost I like a, a misfit toys kind of. I scenario. started so late, like I still have really good friends who have just they don't care about comedy, and nor should they. Right, they've all come out, you know, year three, four. Like okay, they've just come to see me. I don't like them coming to see me anyways, but right. If you're always hanging around the comedy club, like eventually you you, you got to go your way. Well, you know to to make time to see them and stuff. So th that's what I find. Yeah. So you're suggesting that, or at least if, if I can clarify, is you're saying that we are we've got the age and experience that we have relationships and and strong friendships prior to starting stand up versus these kids who are young, you know, and they're coming out of also the social media generation where, um, I think Dave Atkinson said this um, is that nobody has like the best friend anymore. You know what I mean? Like you used to have a guy who would be in your your neighborhood who would, you know, you'd hang out with him every day because it was just you and him. 
you lived close together. There was no social media. Everyone didn't have a cell phone. But now everyone's got social media and you can contact each other in a pinch and, and everyone can call each other. So it's like you don't have to hang out just that one person or those two guys, those two brothers that are down the street. So people are not forging like like one or two really strong friendships. They're forging several little micro friendships where they can just hang out with whoever's available kind of thing. And it's yeah, it's if not you, that that long term. I don't know if there's if any, young, to, but it was if interesting. You, if you, I, no, I yeah. get that, but... If you're like, I'm not going to change to be like that. No, no, he's not suggesting people should be that way. He no, was just saying that that's that's, how that's it the is dynamic. Now. Yeah, now and, people can just everyone watches YouTube, not TV or what. Like, yeah, well, you're 13 years old now, and you're able to go up by yourself. Well, guess what? You've got all your friends on Facebook. So who's hey, who's free and wants to hang out? Like, you don't you don't have to go up with that one friend. Yeah, do you know what I mean? You get I yourself. A, I, I can't relate to that whatsoever. Yeah, and, and I hope to never know what that's like. Right, exactly. So these people now with these with these little micro friendships or micro relationships, they get into comedy, and it's like, who are the people that you see all the time? Right, it's the same people that you're on the same shows with. So now those are the people you hang out with all the time. That that one best friend dynamic, where hey, every time I go out, you're there. So but now if, we're if, if you see if you see these scenes at Sizzle, Swizzles or Wellington, there's tons of comics there. Like it's it's it. Whether they don't feel comfortable hanging around at absolutely every night or can't afford to be there or they you know Jamie Phillips gets thrown out whatever <laughs> I don't think we can't say his there's, name anymore or he'll appear like Bloody there's, Mary there's a, there's a sub there's a subculture which is cool but it's like when you go hang out there you feel like an outsider as, oh really I, as much as you felt like an outsider when you first started and we just showing up old Mike's like Going up to Dave Atkinson, going, how, how do you how, how do you get up there? Like how, how 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 do you host a show and stuff? It's like stage time, stage time, stage time. Like because there was only like I don't know nine right. comics in Ottawa when I started. Well, nine established yeah. guys that you see every week, like wow, and killing and stuff. And now it's huge, like so much bigger. Oh yeah, Just well in it's- comparison, and still I'm sure people from Toronto <clears throat> come and go. This is. Nothing's happening. There's dead town. When they were like, is there anything going on? I was like, well, absolutely. But you got to book that or whatever. It isn't what those places are, New York City or LA or I'm sure. Right, of course. But it's 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 crazy bigger than when I started. Crazy bigger. Well, it's growing. As as the amount of comics grow, the it's like a regular industry. There's and more then, people around. There's more mouths to feed. So you got to have more. They start these rooms. Like, yeah. So whatever stopped me from starting a room. That's how I think. Like, Well, you still could. Still could. I, I don't think so, though. I don't think I, I like this is the, the thing with like, if you want to do something well, the energy you have to put into it. You couldn't do it and be successful, be half ass at it. Right. No, if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. And I'm, I'm a big advocate of that. So you have gotten yourself way over the point of doing just open mics. You're getting paid. You've, big league, you've won leaks, money. Yeah, buddy. Big leaks. Well, well this- you, you just did, um, I mean, you've already host. Uh, you've you've featured at Absolute so far. The clubs I've hosted. You've hosted. I've featured. You featured, and uh, I know that you are. Uh, you just got back from uh, the inaugural Ice Cold Comedy Festival in the Kingston. Most money I've ever made. Really? Yeah. Tell you want to talk about that? Yeah. Not necessarily the I, money, I've but, never made, but I've never made this much money doing comedy before. That's I mean, amazing. although I had to rent a car. Okay. So. These are the things you realize, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I can do this and do stuff, but there are costs. Like, I'm sure once you get to that level where you are just walking up and uh, to a theater, uh, getting a limousine, but right. 
You know what I mean? Do you you know that you have to sometimes pay to get gigs and stuff, so take that out of the money. Well, it's an investment. Like, You're investing in the return. And here's the thing, too, just before we, we go into the, the comedy festival, too, is that you... Just in case anyone has got it twisted, you work a day job. You you work five days a week yeah. at Whole Foods. Yeah. And, and you're gone. You're gone from the house by six o'clock in the morning every single day. Yeah. So as much as you are, like I'm giving you praise for being at these comedy shows till 10, 11 o'clock, you're up early. And But it's it's interesting because I think to some of those guys, it, it would be work. Oh, I do. Like, I, like, like, like no, like a uh, total headliner is all he's doing. You right. know what I mean? Like it's work it's going to kingston doing like for me it was like vacation like just not my it was just it was just like you always say like to feel like a comic like it was just right you know that's why uh i took a day off work and taught the whole weekend and drove down there like it was amazing it was it was amazing to hang around all those funny guys and like not not feel like an outsider open mic Right, you know what I mean. Like Agent Kronk was there, and I know Mike Wilmot and Rob Pugh. I know, and uh, I don't know Kenny Robinson well, but I host a show for him, so I got to know him better. So you like and it I met Aaron great, Berg before, and like yeah, like you had like I mean, dude, it's a it's a great thing because you did multiple. Michelle shows. Shaughnessy was there. Yeah, this is this is we're talking about it right now. Yeah, let's talk about it. this. Is a great experience of my life, and she, her boyfriend is Snake from DeGrassi. The, the zit remedy. I never watched Degrassi, so you could keep oh, referencing it. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Well, to your listeners, you know Snake is Wheels and uh, Joy Jeremiah. Anyways, he was a super cool guy, and I knew who he was, and he was there supporting her. And that's awesome. The city was just comedy everywhere. It just it was it was crazy. I mean, compared to anything else, I've I've never done before. You know. Yeah, well, that's it's a great milestone, dude. You've done a festival. I can imagine I'll do a worse festival or a better festival or any festival but it's 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 it was the the greatest um more than uh anything validation well that's great yeah but that's 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 what it's about right so you're not going to blow out of ah it's a comedy festival in a small dude it's the inaugural comedy festival you're on multiple shows you're getting paid to do stand-up comedy you're booking time off the day job and the reason i brought that up is to say that there's so many people who would look at that and go i got i'm not going to work five days a week but you're you're doing what you have to do to well to, when i go to the open mics all the open micers are like uh where are you you're never around i was like oh i have a job they're like what's that like yeah, but well, what's, a, no, what's a job like? No, but they watch. Everyone, they don't realize you need a job. Like, yeah, you want to you want to move to Toronto of, or something. Their twenties into their late twenties is, is 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 fun to watch because it's just car crashes, right? Because it's just a free ride. It's just sort of ebbing away, and they realize they're gonna have to support this. Yeah, and their parents are starting to ask them like, "So, where do you think you're gonna live?" Like, yeah. You got, what are you like, gonna do time to move out of the basement and they're trying to be funny and they're trying to hang out and they're trying to get shit on by us and they're trying to break in like they all have their challenges um yeah i mean if i was independently wealthy i don't know if i'd be funnier i don't know like, I don't that's know. holding me back but just working at it working at it working at it it's uh it's the best thing ever it was just the best thing ever because i was going down like what if i bomb because i i don't think i just set for a month before the show maybe two weeks i just set but before this competition like some or, sort of warm-up before the, the festival right like you know like you'd like to 
Some people will give you a couple of nights just <laughs> pour, as emotions to where Jason is. <laughs> warm up before the show, but I gave you a spot three weeks ago. What's your problem? Fine. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is even when you're established, it's it is it's still a certain amount of spots and guppies and and you know barracudas are all still fighting for those same fucking I've never done a fishing metaphor so, uh, before. But I remember yeah, I don't fish. <laughs> um I remember driving down and being like I hope it'll suck. No. Like, well, I do well. Like, no, you got that back pocket laugh that gets you in any fucking pickle, well, which the is amazing. Was, <laughs> like the first hilarious. show was at Don Cherry's. Have you ever been to that bar? Yeah. It's big. It was upstairs. Mm-hmm. Not downstairs. Like, must have been hundred and people. And uh, Michelle Shaughnessy was hosting. And then it was this guy, me, and then Aaron Berg. So, you know, like, I was saying to my, my cousin and his uh, fiance showed up. And I was like. You know, don't worry about me. Like, <laughs> you enjoy the rest of the you show. Won't remember, I, I was here after you see Aaron Berg because he's gonna rip a hole in this place. And um, the guy before me was this like Lou. <laughs> uh, I don't know something bowling. He was a bowling comic and just bowling puns. And he, uh, he did jokes about how he named his kid Lane Gutter. <laughs> What like like it was just like you know right what I mean? right 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 and uh, uh, I mean God bless him but it was horrible or whatever it just wasn't what it, I don't know well it's, it's he got a couple laughs and then just sort of died down so it was just perfect then I came up and just uh, did my set <laughs> so it was almost sort of took you know what I mean right I was going to definitely do better than him <laughs> so well that's what so i say what, like, what, like oh what, thank god the guy before me what, bombed. what there no but i love it was on kills that's a different type of energy but i knew like i, I was going to be more uh competent than he was right and i would look better after him so that gave me the confidence and then i had a, a great set and uh it was great well you're like i said i mean i i've i've really and you know, fuck, I'm always worried about how it sounds, but I, I, I'm just going to say it, and I hope that you know, I mean, I mean, good by it. Is I've I've watched your growth in comedy. I I've always found you funny, and I I always see you getting funnier and funnier. Um, it's it was great to see you, you know, in the competitions, and and you know, not only make it to the finals, but like I said, come in second place, despite the fact that it's not gold. You got you know money out of it, prize money out of it. You got a bike <laughs> and prize money, right? I got a bike. I yeah. still have the bike. Is it the Cronenberg bike or whatever? Yeah, the Cronenberg bike. I think bike. it's I fucking money gorgeous bike. bike. But, dude, second place is still good out of 36 guys. You've got, uh, like, seeing you doing one-nighters and stuff, you know, getting paid to do the corporate So as much as everybody thinks, you know, there's the club work, club work doesn't pay as much as the one-nighters. You've got, you know, those. You've, you just did a, a comedy oh, festival. I need a car. I need to get that car. The car I'm talking about. Yeah. Right on the road. Well, it's you but, will, though. But that's but, the thing is you will. But that is the... That's what I realized when I rented this car because I rented a car. Right. Do you know I rented a car? You just said it like 20 minutes ago. But I rented a car to go down to Kingston. So I was, <laughs> you know, like not like, can someone pick me up at the train station, the bus station, or I get like. Right. Well, there's Uber. No, there's a car and you have a car or was, you'd use it. Oh, I have a car. Yeah. And, I don't know. Well, you need a car. And it's just, it, it's so much more empowering when you're in control of where you're going. Like, Absolutely. Well, yeah. Absolutely. So if I get a car that opens up Montreal to do stuff, you know what I mean? Like Kingston and Montreal aren't that far. Right. There's not that much stuff popping off in Kingston, but to, to get down there, um, Montreal is still the way, but I don't want to take a bus. I don't want to go down with a group of people and have to wait for that person to finish their show or whatever. Like, Right. You want to have the freedom to come and go as you please. Boom, boom, boom. That's that's the best part of having a car. Because for sure. I'm older, so that's the missing piece. I mean, for me to continue my way, like, obviously I'd want to, like, 
move back to Toronto and just do mics all the time. But I know what that lifestyle is. Like, like it's, I know it would just run me down again. Like, um, stuff is starting to happen, you know, just by plugging away. Like, I'm sure it could happen faster if I worked harder or, or threw myself more at it. But I don't know if I'd be happier. Right. Um, in existing. Well, it's uh, at the end of the day, that's why I just tell people, like, in, in stand up, there's no, there is no set right way to do it. Keep no. working. Keep working. It's art. As much as the Canadian government doesn't recognize that. It's art. You keep grinding. You keep coming up with new stuff. You sell the stuff, stuff that you have that people want. You keep creating new that people want. But, dude, like, obviously, in the last couple of years, you've, I, in my opinion, you've turned a huge corner. You're, oh, man, that's you're the super kind. That's super kind. Well, you're, you're working hard. You're, you're grind, like, as much. And, and I don't just mean fucking in comedy, dude. Like, you were busting your ass five days a week bright and early to to be up as early as you are and to be out as late being a part of the comedy world as you are that takes it takes a lot i i i if you're, i put my nose now. to it i could you're you're, you're, but not like taste you're gonna taste i mean yeah we don't have to it's immigrant life <laughs> three Jeez. four jobs you know what i mean but i'm just saying like i i'm not up at, at five five thirty in the morning to go to work you know i used to do the uber but i would do five thirty. And then I'm back at ten. Yeah, you know, I, and that's and then I can go right back to I sleep. I think so. that one thing for comics is just weird. It's not to me. It's not weird. They just know it that it's fucking hard. And then instead of looking themselves in the mirror and going, "Fuck, that's hard work," and I don't want to do it, it's just easier to fucking go, "Ah, what are you having a job?" But for? I more feel like Adrian Cronk and that it, it really isn't that. You have to get up and go to work. Whether you get up at five thirty or you get up at nine thirty or ten thirty at night and work a shift overnight, you gotta I, go. I do it. not think anything of that is i mean that's what i have to do yeah if you want to do comedy you got to do that and, and, and back to your artist thing is you can want to be a great painter but you can't think about painting all the time i wonder how to be a good painter you have to just paint just paint and just yeah. paint and just paint and just yeah. paint and just paint you make a muscle paint. strong by working the muscle and not by thinking better. about working the muscle so you know this so obviously the best place is to be in new york city or chicago or Matt Watson, <laughs> God, like that—that's as hardcore as you can go. You yeah, know living I mean? in a van to, to pursue your dream. Six or seven months of that, I was like, uh, I did—I did all this. I, I mean, I traveled when I was a young and, and planted trees and went to Australia and did stuff and lived lived a vagabond life. I just didn't know I wanted to stand up that whole time. You know what I mean? I mean, what what a time to have done it. But uh, I just have a standard of living. Well, I, I mean, it isn't that high. <laughs> like, you know, we, like I'm, I take the bus. Like I'm, I'm starving. Well, I'm not well starving, but you are not starving. <laughs> but I'm gonna have to start starving myself once you start losing more weight. Yeah, fuck. I, dude, I haven't. I've eaten one meal today because I use you to make me feel like a pretty little girl. <laughs> so once you start jumping the pants, <laughs> I'm gonna be exposed for the fat slob I am. It's the, it's the snoring. I think when your sleep apnea gets worse than mine. Well. I've noticed when I've even lost like 10 pounds, which I can do, yeah. uh, the snoring definitely decreases. So yeah. I think I'm pulling for you more than anyone. Thanks, man. Anyone, any of your listeners, anyone, I want you guys to know I'm his number one supporter and I fat shame him. <laughs> and I do all the you're not supposed to do, but I do with love and I do it looking in his eyes because uh, it would be just like a, it'd be like a Renault show, reality TV, like. It's not. It's not like flip you, this orca. No, but for you to lose this weight is this is a ten year plan. You can significantly be different at the 
ended this year. And oh, it's not a ten year. I thought you were saying it's a ten year plan. Like, like Christ Almighty, it's not that. Working at this, <laughs> plug away. <laughs> In a year from now, if we'd hear we stop eating pizza, right? Although, do you want to get what after this? No. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you're doing chicken broccoli. That's what I thought you should do. I don't know why you're eating. Yeah. Um, the lettuce and the orange. <laughs> you look like you're trying to make yourself happy. <laughs> I looked like I was trying to make myself unhappy. I don't know. That's fucking hilarious. Suffer the weight away. But um, like, do you fish? I don't like fish. And I, and I about, don't know how to cook it properly. What about tuna fish that's already cooked in a can? Can you eat that? I can eat it. Just, I prefer just eat the chicken, no, though. But eat, yeah, of course. But you were talking about changing it up, like. Learn to eat tuna. It's oh, I'll eat tuna. It's just not ideal. Yeah, but it's it, it is ideal. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's, it's protein. I don't like the mercury. I in understand. It. Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, <laughs> <laughs> you can laugh. I've looked at medical studies. <laughs> you have too much place to store mercury. But it's that's, that's but the that's issue. It, actually that's actually exactly no. what the issue is. Is that your body doesn't process mercury doesn't put it into your bloodstream it doesn't it doesn't but uh, how many people have you seen dying of mercury <laughs> no no but listen it's not but it's not you don't die of mercury what happens is your body doesn't it doesn't process out of your kidneys it doesn't go out of your sweat glands so what happens is your mercury that you ingest actually gets stored in your brain and it's the cause of alzheimer's and brain diseases and things like that and i'm not saying that one can of tuna is going to do it but if i change my diet now every day i'm eating can, a can of tuna instead of chicken no, no, now i'm ingesting that just stuff mix it up i think you're crazy because you haven't and, been eating it and i'm sure so if i got long. fresh tuna and learned how to cook it i'm sure i could do that too well, fresh do you like sushi i like sushi Ugh. see that's what it sounds just for the record even though Alphonic will clean it up, that's is he, what you he, could. That's what I hear. Jason that, and his girlfriend is, is are, that sex. Though? No, they're incredibly quiet when they have sex. I know it's disturbing. Yeah, I go. I walk upstairs. And I'm like, it's super quiet. They're probably fucking, which is a nice thing when you live in a, a house of, of four four dudes, and then occasionally one of us has a woman over. Only one of uh, us, and it's none of us here right now. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. I'm still no, yeah, working on it. But I, this, is, this was your interview. This is not fucking about me I'm and my, still, what fish I eat. I'm still pinching myself about this whole Ice Cold Kong Festival. And I, huge shout out to Ryan Denis. Like, anyone who thinks they're working hard has got to look at him. Like, he's, he does everything that you just described. He's up at four in the morning. Like, he definitely works harder than I do and uh, is hustling harder and, like, I will not be successful till he's successful. That's how I see my. Um, if if he's not successful, I can't be successful because I'm not definitely not working as hard as him, or, or just trying to make it going. And he just put in an amazing festival, and everyone had an amazing time. It was like Kenny Robinson, Mike Wilmot, like Karenberg, Rob Pugh. It's like it, 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 you could be there, like, well, this isn't as good as this festival, or yeah, but guys, but, we're talking about other festivals, and you're sitting there, and they're not like looking at you like. You should be listening to the conversation. You're just you're 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 part of this festival. You, it's it's validation that you. Well, there's a direct correlation. Between better than how, you telling me how good I am because I love that and I don't want you to stop. But it's well, again, it's, it's you don't have to, you don't have to compartmentalize. Just take take all of it. Um, well, yeah, the thing is, there's a direct correlation between how much work you do and the results that you get. People expect to do no work and get massive results. It's ridiculous. Well, the young, younger people, yeah. And now there's also, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll give this opportunity because uh, we've we're over the hour mark here. Not that it makes a big difference, but 
Um, you have got a big milestone for you, something that you really have wanted for a long time. You are going to be hosting, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the Toronto Club Absolute Comedy. When's that coming up? Yeah, that's uh, April 3rd to 8th in April Toronto. Eglinton, nice. Young. Um, yeah, that's huge. I mean, it's just like uh, when you say this festival I'm doing, all those guys have done that. Hosted, so it's just like, yeah, you're, you're getting to this point, but it's... Uh, if I if it was the first time ever, it'd be crazier, but it's the big city. I'm hoping to have a car for it, you know, king of the city, but that's definitely different and harder with work uh, to get off that time. And But it's what you want ultimately, right? Yeah, I mean, so. the, 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 because of this and this, this is probably my last road trip. Like, for possible vacation time that could take off, depending how much you're going to pay, like I'm going to pay when I go to do that. So I don't have to take all those vacation days, but... It's uh, well. It's not as much as you would make working the day job. I'm sure per day to but. do something for a lot less money and pay to do it, and not be able to get paid when you're not at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then that two weeks later, you get but a it's getting small those, paycheck. It's getting those reps in, eh? Absolutely. That that's why um, I'm happy that there's I can do yuck yucks in. I'm getting this stuff, but I'm still beneath the radar enough that no one's like. You could only do that. I'm sure Jason would try to say that, but right, right. He's got nothing. He's got no leverage. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know where he sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got a Big Brother watching over us. <laughs> well, that'd be a classy problem. So, where do people connect with you in terms of social media? Uh, social media. Um, I can be found at Kamar Babar at, at Kamar Babar on Twitter at Kamar Babar on Instagram, and my Facebook is something else. Right, that's your real name, and that's personal. My real name, it, it isn't, but I'm trying to create the character right now. Kamar like, Babar. Unless you want me to actually just be myself. I well, I thought you were being yourself the entire time. No, that was Kamar Babar. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kamar Babar. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I don't think I'm good enough to pull that off. <laughs> just the character the whole time. Well, dude, I mean, I appreciate you being on the show. If anyone wants to check out Kamar, you know where he's going to be in uh, in April. Thank you so much for Josh. And uh, to your listeners, Josh never says this, but write a, view, write a review in iTunes and rate this episode. That's how we're going to get his listeners shit up and uh, bump his show up in the charts. Nice. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you doing this. <laughs>